This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome, friends, to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name's Alicia. And holy cat, Stacy! I've been hearing a lot of girl fight videos playing from your office this week. Are we back to the housewives? We are. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Dina Manzo of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And today we're following up with the story of her friend, Teresa Giudice, wife, mom, felon, reality TV staple. It sounds like a whole lot of trashy. Before we begin our episode today... Let's pull out our magic mirror and give some big thanks to our latest supporters over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us, Megan A., Heather M., and Trish. Y'all rock. Thanks for showing your support over there, getting ad-free early episodes, bonus episodes too. Thank you for joining us today. I see no reason to delay getting to Patterson, New Jersey for Wife Mom Felon, reality TV staple. Let's go, go, go. Stacey, I'm super thrilled in this housewife journey that we are on that you have now learned how to pronounce Teresa's last name. Absolutely. It's how how she pronounces it. I feel like she's the subject matter expert. Alicia, a few weeks ago, we went through the travails of Real Housewives of New Jersey's Dina Manzo, who found herself kind of, sort of, married to the mob in her second marriage, which meant that she and her future third husband were subjected to terrifying violence before they fled New Jersey entirely. Dina was an original cast member alongside her sister, her sister-in-law, and a friend they got a job for, Teresa Giudice. Plus, there was a frequent sparring partner for Teresa, a one-season cast member named Danielle Staub. Teresa was a real pathbreaker for the franchise. She was, after all, the first housewife to go to prison while appearing on the show. What? Something that has become more commonplace for cast members as the years have gone on. In Teresa's case, it seems like the bulk of the fraud crimes that she and her now ex-husband Joe were facing may have been a bit more of Joe's doing than her own, but both of them pleaded guilty to a host of fraud crimes worth more than $5 million, and she ultimately served 11 months of a 15-month sentence. The case was complicated, at least from the couple's perspective, by the fact that Joe Giudice arrived in the U.S. as a baby and never got around to becoming a citizen. After he served his 41-month sentence, he was remanded to ICE custody, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, pending deportation to Italy, the land of his birth. He ultimately voluntarily went there to await his status hearings and such, and after several failed attempts to appeal his deportation order, he and Teresa decided to call their marriage quits, citing the impediment of the Atlantic Ocean as a big factor that had come between them. Yeah, that's a pretty big irreconcilable difference. (laughs) Yeah, I think things really had sort of run out of steam after all of the legal events in their lives. But anyway, Teresa really has run with the notoriety that Bravo has granted her. She is still on The Real Housewives of New Jersey, now 14 seasons in. 
she's been the sole original cast member for like six years now. I mean, she's just, she's going nowhere. She's happy where she is. And she has certainly earned the attention. Here's how the New York Daily News described her in 2013 as she and Joe were fighting to stay out of jail. The dark-haired, table-flipping, word-mangling, stay-at-home mom somehow managed to parlay her low-brow Italian shtick into a burgeoning brand, commanding advances of nearly $300,000 for her best-selling cookbooks and putting her name on a host of other products. Her unpolished presentation and love of all things over-the-top and tacky seemed to hit a chord with many fans who only chuckled when Teresa said things like, "Ingredients." while touting her homemade Italian cooking. Tacky, table-flipping, and mm. word-mongering. She is one of us. Oh, she also gave birth on the show. What? Yes, she. the camera was in the delivery room while she was getting started. Once the delivery was in play, the camera came outside. But yeah, they just filmed the door, and we hear, you know, all of it. Why not? Say what you will about Teresa, but she is deeply committed to the bit. <laughs> so let's meet today's contestants. We'll start with Joe, who was born May 22nd, 1970. I do think lately he's been trying to shave a couple years off of his age as he's moved into his 50s, because a lot of sources have his birth year as 1972, but the federal government does not have <laughs> They <that>. disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Giuseppe Giudice was born in Serrano, Italy, and arrived in the U.S. with his parents when he was about a year old. Again, not, not, none of this is his fault. He just really should have taken care of it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the family settled in Patterson, New Jersey, and joined a community that included plenty of other recent arrivals from the old country, including Giacinto and Antonio Gorga who originally hailed from Sala Consolina in Campania, Italia, and would go on to have two kids of their own, Teresa and Joey Gorga. What I'm saying is that Joe Giudice has known Teresa basically his entire life, and their upbringings were remarkably similar. It was working-class immigrant families. Teresa's dad ran a shop that repaired shoes. Joe's dad worked in construction and I think later started a cafe. Teresa was born May 18, 1972, and she was more academically inclined than her childhood sweetheart, Joe. Wait a minute. May 18th, May 22nd? Yes. They're that close They're apart. that close. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Really kind of interesting, even though they're very close within days of the Zodiac, perhaps years, depending on who you ask. She's a Taurus. He's a Gemini. Mm -hmm. Still going to make a little bit of a difference. Interesting. All right. Well, Teresa, the Taurus, was more academically inclined, and after high school, she went to Berkeley College in New Jersey to study fashion marketing. Oh, good for her. Her Bravo bio says that she was an associate buyer for Macy's after this, but the New York Daily News says this is an exaggeration and that she actually worked behind the counter at Macy's for a while. Who knows? Resume padding is a thing. Totally is. <laughs> Joe, meanwhile, settled for a GED and attended technical college and would go on to work in construction as his father had. This is probably one of many significant moments in the life of Joe where, had he been more scholarly in his interests, let's say, the process of getting financial aid for college and such likely would have pushed him to take care of the U.S. citizenship thing. But 
He was not so inclined, and he did not take care of it, and boy, would that come back to bite him. The two married on October 23, 1999, and would go on to have four daughters together. The rapidly growing family, and perhaps a loose sense of fidelity to America's banking system, apparently pushed the couple, or perhaps mostly Joe, it's unclear, it seems like he tried to sort of take more responsibility. Anyway, pushed them to go to some lengths to keep the family afloat, and in, you know, fine style, to be clear. This involved fraudulently receiving loans, which eventually were being used to pay off earlier loans. I think this is more or less what the Crisley Knows Best couple ended up in prison for as well. And after a decade of marriage, their finances were so strained that they filed for bankruptcy. They reported being $10 million in debt. What? That is just a lot it's of a money. It's a lot of money. A lot of money. So yeah, their creditors ranged from banks and credit card companies, obviously, to attorneys, to construction businesses, to an in vitro fertilization clinic. Oh my. Ran the gamut. This is just seriously, terribly, badly, horribly underwater. And while that's an incredibly stressful situation to be in, prosecutors would later say that they went way too far in minimizing their income at the time of the bankruptcy filing. They would later withdraw the bankruptcy case, but by then they had caught the attention of people who were like, "Mm, this is not how this works. Joe claimed to be earning $3,250 a month, as well as floating $10,000 in loans from his family. But Teresa's financials in the bankruptcy filing indicated that she was making $3,333 a month from Bravo, whereas other reporting suggested she was making about $30,000 an episode. Plus, there are the books, there are appearances, there's merch, there's... This is just so much fraud, the mind boggles. So, ideal spot to pause, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the year 2009 in the life of Teresa and Joe. See you on the flip. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? all in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. 
Alicia, 2009 was a really, really big year for the Judiches in several ways. It was the year that Real Housewives of New Jersey premiered, where Teresa, again, was surrounded by old friends, the Manzos, and their sister-in-law, as well as frenemy Danielle Staub, whom she memorably called a prostitution whore in their Excuse me? debut season after, prostitution after whore. flipping a table in a restaurant. Don't go out to dinner with the housewives. Let me just pro tip. If you walk into a joint and you see a housewives thing being filmed, you walk out of that joint. Or don't wear anything fancy, at least. You might want to stick around just for the fireworks, but don't ruin a good outfit. Teresa also was pregnant with their youngest child in 2009. And, you know, as noted above, they, of course, tried to clear a bunch of debt that they had acquired through fraud and a bankruptcy filing that was itself allegedly filled with fraudulent claims. Big year for them. They were also in the process of constructing a mansion for themselves, which they did, just like anyone else seeking bankruptcy protection does. That's normally how it works, right? Wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can see why the government was like, we have questions. <laughs> Take a second look at all this. Also, I have to admit, I am not myself a watcher of reality television, so every time I cover a housewife, I'm additionally mystified that Bravo has been able to assemble these groups of adult humans of some financial means who will behave the way these adult humans behave. Among the clips you can watch of Teresa's greatest moments are the table-flipping prostitution horror moment, a huge family brawl at a restaurant after a child's christening, and Teresa nearly physically attacking Danielle Staub in one of the group chats with Andy Cohen. Oh my God. It is not, I suspect, the type of material that New Jersey's tourism board is overly thrilled about. Yeah, both the cats and I have been real concerned about the noises coming from your office this week. Yeah, aside from the Danielle Staub combat, nearly physical combat, Teresa also <laughs> managed to feud with Carolyn Manzo. Apparently over a joke in one of the three cookbooks that Teresa has co-written, if you were concerned that this was about something serious. This New Jersey cast sounds a lot like Choose Your Fighter. Oh, it, oh no. Since season three, Teresa's sister-in-law, oh, Melissa Gorga, has also been a cast member, leading to fraying oh, relations yeah, <laughs> between Teresa, Melissa, and Teresa's brother, Joey, Melissa's husband. I think at this point, they are more or less no contact outside of the show, which is very sad because, I mean, it's a big Italian family. They all have kids. Like, it's just not, it's not great. To make Family Matters even more horribly worse, the same year that Melissa joined the cast, Teresa's cousin Kathy also joined the cast, leading to significant damage to that relationship as well. This is a train wreck. It just sounds like a huge dumpster fire, and much of it was playing out while Teresa and Joe were in significant legal hot water, which the cast certainly made reference to. And she's pregnant and building a house at the same... This is a lot. A lot going on. A lot going on right now. You see, that bankruptcy action, which had been withdrawn in under a year, I think they realized that this was not going the way they wanted, had caught the attention of the bankruptcy court which is entirely within the federal court system, which is why on July 29th, 2013, the U.S. Attorney's Office of the District of New Jersey announced that Teresa and Joe had been indicted on 29 counts 
of various frauds and tax issues. I think this ballooned to 41 counts by the time it was all over. It was was a lot. Oops. Joe also had some extra charges for failure to file tax returns. And later, I think the state of New Jersey prosecuted him for uh, using his brother's documents to get a driver's license after his was suspended for a DUI. So... This is from the U.S. Attorney's press release. This is like a fraud buffet. New Jersey. Buffet of fraud. They say everything's legal in New Jersey, but here these poor people are being prosecuted. Clearly it's not. All right. So from the U.S. Attorney's press release. From September 2001 through September 2008, Giuseppe and Teresa Giudice allegedly engaged in a mail and wire fraud conspiracy in which they submitted to lenders fraudulent mortgage and other loan applications and supporting documents in order to obtain mortgages and other loans. The Giudice's falsely represented on loan applications and supporting documents that they were employed and or receiving substantial salaries when, in fact, they were either not employed or not receiving such salaries. For example, in September 2001, Teresa applied for a mortgage loan of $121,500, for which she submitted a loan application that falsely claimed she was employed as an executive assistant. She also submitted fake W-2 forms and fake pay stubs purportedly issued by her employer. The indictment also charges specific instances where the Judiches committed bank fraud and loan application fraud in the course of obtaining loans from several banks. Yikes. It continues, on October 29th, 2009, the Judiches filed a petition for individual Chapter 7 bankruptcy protection. Over the next few months, they filed several amendments to the bankruptcy petition. As part of the bankruptcy filings, They were required to disclose to the United States trustee, among other things, their assets, liabilities, income, and any anticipated increase in income. The indictment alleges that the Judiches intentionally concealed businesses they owned, income they received from a rental property, and Teresa Judiches' true income from the television show The Real Housewives of New Jersey, website sales, and personal and magazine appearances. They concealed their anticipated increase in income from the then-upcoming Season 2 of the Bravo show. The Judiches are charged with multiple counts of bankruptcy fraud for concealing and making false oaths and declarations about the assets and income during their bankruptcy case. It's a yikes. My brain is spinning. (laughs) Days later, they made their first appearances in court, which the New York Daily News described the scene this way. In true Teresa style, the Judiches faced their latest financial disaster head-on and with cameras rolling, standing side-by-side Wednesday in a New Jersey court as they listened to the charges against them. In the federal indictment filed this week, authorities accused Teresa of lying and hiding her true income from Bravo, rumored to be at least $30,000 an episode, as well as income from her books, her Fabellini wines, and other businesses. She has a wine label called Fabellini. It's Bellini's. Okay. Okay. Table flipping, word mongering. Oh, yeah. I get it. Oh, yeah. Babylini. Okay. New York Daily News finishes. After the hearing, really, you're going to want to hear this. This is so good. After the <laughs> hearing, the two fled and holed up in the house of Joe's parents as his father mooned reporters who no. followed them. That is what it says. Okay. I, I only bring you the best, Alicia. This is delightful. Okay. All of that's really, really bad. Let's take another quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to see how the case and the marriage ended. 
I have so many feelings about going on to the next section of the story. Back in a minute. All right, Stacy, take me through how sure. it all comes apart. Well, our fair heroes here in the story, they're not heroes. Uh, they pleaded not... Our fraudulent our heroes. fraudulent heroes. They pleaded not guilty, which in the American federal system pretty much means you just haven't worked out your deal with the prosecutor yet. Sure. I it's I'm kind of joking, but also not like the DOJ loses like two percent of the cases. It, I mean, if DOJ comes after you, you are in trouble. Correct. Get a good lawyer. Yes, uh, and you can be sure that Teresa and Joe's attorneys made it crystal clear what dire peril they were in. On paper, although not really in practice because of how sentencing guidelines work, they were looking at potentially decades in prison each, and millions in fines. So DOJ really does have the upper hand in these situations. In March of 2014, plea agreement worked out. Both defendants pleaded guilty to the charges in exchange for significantly less jail time, 15 months for Teresa versus decades. Pretty good deal. She ended up serving 11 and 41 months for Joe, who served 41 months. These are very reasonable sentences for the amount it seems like a fraud that was committed. Yeah. They were also required to pay $414,000 in restitution, which is a lot of money. Yeah. But a big markdown from the potential financial penalties they would have paid if they were convicted at trial, like literally millions and millions of dollars. And get this, because they had four minor children to care for, the court allowed their sentences to be staggered. So one parent would always be available for the kids. Oh, well, that's very generous. So, yeah, Teresa served her sentence first, and then a couple months later, Joe went off to serve his. At the time, the family was expecting that when Joe completed his sentence, he was going to come home like you would. But the government had other ideas. In September 2019, the federal corrections folks released Joe at the conclusion of his sentence, right into the custody of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which detained him pending deportation. He and his family were fighting the deportation order. In fact, their oldest daughter, who finished up her senior year of college this spring, has gone to work for an immigration law firm and plans to go to law school because she has witnessed the deportation process up close and knows like the huge impact it has on families. For certain. Mm-hmm. So Joe was not super thrilled to be chilling in ICE detention for like an indeterminate period of time. So he petitioned the government to allow him to just go to Italy and like work his case from there. The government agreed. And so in October of 2019, he boarded a plane and that was the end of Joe Giudice, U.S. resident. Ciao, Joe. I mean... Teresa and their daughters flew over to visit him soon after, and then the girls spent Christmas in Italy with him, but by mid-December, the two adults had decided that a long-distance relationship wasn't really what either wanted, and Teresa loves being a real housewife of New Jersey, which she cannot do from Italy. Well, it's harder to flip over tables if you're that far apart. A marriage without table flipping is it even a marriage. <laughs> Teresa has said that the divorce was incredibly easy, meaning very smoothly conducted. And this was likely extra true, given what the prior, like, six years had been like for both of them. The settlement they came to basically gave everything to Teresa and nothing to Joe, since Teresa was the one paying off the debts and restitution and all of that. Plus, she had been a single mom to their kids for years at that point. 
She also said at one, like later on the show, she said that she had signed a prenup before the marriage. Like Joe wanted one and she said you have to put a no cheating clause in it that would void the prenup if uh Anyway, there were basically constant rumors of infidelity on okay. both sides in that marriage, so I think the prenup was a non-starter. <laughs> Joe, having lost his third deportation appeal in early 2020, moved to the Bahamas at some point. I'm not sure if he's still there or not, but it's certainly a quicker flight for his family than having to go all the way to Italy. It also made it sort of convenient for Joe to meet Teresa's next guy, now her husband, Louis Ruelas, in early 2021. Joe said it was awkward, but also wished Teresa the best and blessed the relationship and her moving on which she fully committed to in August of 2022 when they got married. Teresa, in classic Teresa fashion, opted for a huge, towering crown of hair that cost $10,000 all by itself. Uh, um, what? And the hair? The hair, and involved more than 1,500 bobby pins. Andy Cohen interviewed her hairstylist after the event, who said... As we know, my girl Teresa is the queen of Jersey, so we needed hair that was fit for a queen. You go big or you go home. Teresa said, my hair has to be over the top. One moment, please you're, you're pause. Looking, I'm pulling up you're looking Teresa up wedding hair mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Over the top it was. Holy cats. <laughs> 1,500 bobby pins. $10,000 hairstyle. I mean, you do I've you. I've heard it all. Of course, but I have to assume that removing 1,500 bobby pins may have delayed wedding night fun, don't you think? Oh, her daughter calls it a rat's nest? Oh, that's even better. Goodness. It, It has been remarked upon. Julia Fox had thoughts. She said she's haunted by it. It didn't have to be that big. Thank you for the pause. I really needed to get the visual on that. Alicia, I feel like there are real lessons for us all in the story of (laughs) Teresa and Joe Giudice. First and foremost, if you don't want to see every significant relationship in your life destroyed, maybe don't look for a career in reality television. Also, if you are not a citizen of the country you grew up in, got married in, and had kids in, maybe look into fixing that before you go do a bunch of criming. Also, wow, I know they went to jail and stuff, but is it really that easy to get banks to loan you millions of dollars? Can someone connect me to this money cannon, please? Gotta be nice. I mean, right up until the indictment drops. Yeah, I feel like we don't fraud enough around here. (laughs) So I am going to give these two 41 months worth of trash cans. Perfect. This is, Teresa is such an iconic... Real housewife figure. I I don't quite know. There, I don't think that there is an adequate stash of trash cans to really encompass this. But forty one is a good start. But there's fifteen hundred bobby pins oh, in every single God, one of them. Yes, and they must be individually removed or whatever. Yes. Thank you for that story. That hairstyle will in fact haunt me as well. I yeah. appreciate you bringing that to me and all the trash pandas. Friends, thanks everybody for tuning in. To that episode, we can't tell you how grateful we are for you spending your time with us, for telling your friends, for your kind reviews, for your awesome emails, generally just kind of being the best. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, we got two other podcasts that we roll every Thursday. It's Trashy Royals, every Monday, done and done. If you're looking for a little bit more listening, 
Or you can always check us out at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. To get more of this trashy divorces, trash candy. Indeed. Friends, we will be back with you on Wednesday with piping hot new trash trashy. And until then, I hope that you will keep your hands clean. I hope you'll keep your hearts trashy. No fraud. <laughs> Just lack of fraud. Less frauding. Fra- fraud free. <laughs> Since, Since 93. 93. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Big love, y'all. Have a great week. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.